today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Inflation. And uh, I suppose we should be happy about the fact that the news we got earlier this week was inflation has actually dropped down to 3.4% in May. Uh, what does this mean? And uh, does it mean that uh, that the Bank of Canada is going to just ease up a little bit on what they've been doing? Not so sure about that. Uh, let's ask our next guest about that. He is Moshe Landa, who is a senior economics lecturer with Concordia University. Moshe, pleasure to have you back on the show. Thanks for jumping in today. Good morning. Let's talk a little bit about this. Were you surprised, first of all, at, at the decrease and, and how rapid it was? No. Uh, if you remember when we spoke last month about the inflation rate, what I had said was that was the anomaly, right? And so the general trend was down and that things would probably resume uh, down. So if we figure that last month should probably have been a drop of you know, 0.2, 0.3 of a percentage point, this is just the continuation of that trend. So it, it's it's generally good news and it, it wasn't surprising uh, that, that it had gone down. So uh, I guess the question we're all asking these days is uh, is how does the Bank of Canada respond to this? Because before that news came out, of course, uh, uh, Tiff Macklin, the, the big cheese patty for the Bank of Canada, was insinuating that probably in the next couple of weeks, uh, mid-July maybe, uh, he may bump rates up once again. Necessary or not? Um, Yeah, it's probably necessary, although I'm going to take the position that I don't think he has to do it uh, at the July meeting. I think he could probably do it at the September meeting with the same effect. The issue at this point is, if I can use a bad analogy, it's like trying to lose weight. The the first 10 pounds is the easy part. The last 10 pounds is the hard part, right? And so (laughs) I, I think what we have now is we've gotten to a point where to squeeze that last percentage point out of inflation to get it back to that 2% that we're used to is going to be the really hard bit. And so the uh, increase in interest rates might be necessary just to make sure that Canadians really get it through their head that there is a big difference between inflation at 2% and 3%. And don't get comfortable with this three. The mission is not accomplished, to use a George Bush phrase. So with that in mind, then, um, should we be pleased with the progress? I mean, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about 8.1%. Yeah, 12 months ago, it was over 8%. And so the Bank of Canada has increased interest rates about five percentage points, give or take, and inflation has come down about five percentage points. So all along, uh, I've been saying we should have confidence in the Bank of Canada. They know what they're doing. Uh, and you and I have discussed multiple times the the tried phrase of it takes about 18 to 24 months for mm-hmm. interest rate hikes to have their full effect. And so we're seeing then that what they've been doing is textbook uh, you know, monetary policy, and, and they've done it well. Um, I, I think that where we sit right now, we should be happy with where we are, but we shouldn't be content that this is the end of it. So one more percentage point to go, give it about six months. And I think at the beginning of next year, we should be comfortably back at that 2% range. Okay, but there's a couple of other factors here, too, that come into play. And and you and I have talked in the past about, okay, you know, not mission accomplished, but we seem to be, you know, trending in the right direction by knocking that inflation rate down. But it's, it's at a cost. And and one of those costs, of course, is is higher interest rates are causing an awful lot of grief for homeowners, potential homeowners, and a number of other things. And uh, the number of reports that I read about this over the last couple of days, anyway, Moshe, indicate that one of the uh, concerns right now is, uh, and one of the things that may be keeping that rate below, above where the, the Bank of Canada wants it to be, are housing prices. Uh, and, and and that's a direct result of the interest rate hike. So, I mean, I, I, is the Bank of Canada policy, although it may be right-headed in one direction, also part of the problem here? 
Yeah, and that's always the way it goes with macroeconomics, right? Is that a lot of these variables are interconnected. And so when you're trying to address one with a particular tool, it's going to have consequences elsewhere. What's interesting to me is that, you know, we really haven't seen the plunge in housing prices that you would think that this rapid and large increase in interest rates would cause. Uh, most markets almost appear to be on a rebound again. Uh, and trending upwards. The the recent data that said that Canada now has over 40 million people, you know, there are new people coming into this country, which is creating a new source of demand, and they're going towards the bigger cities. And when they can't find the bigger cities accommodating, they move to the next tier. And so you see it in Hamilton. I'm in London, Ontario today, and you can see it here too. Uh, housing prices just keep rising. And so these interest rates almost seem to not be having the the necessary dent uh, and, and that's probably because most housing at the end of the day is municipal. And if cities are not creating the proper zoning laws to create lots of home building, uh, we're going to continue to see that housing prices are just going to go up almost regardless of these interest rate increases. But there's another element to that, too. And you're you're absolutely right about the, the municipal responsibility here. But as I talk to some of the builders and, and some of the developers, they'll tell me <laughs> there's two other factors going to play here. First of all, is the cost of building materials. And we're going to talk about that later on in the program. Uh, and second of all, the cost of the loans that these builders have to go to the banks for to try to start these 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 new builds. And that, again, is a direct result of higher interest rates. So, I mean, that's that's a factor in some of the reasons, at least not the entire reason, but some of the reasons why some of these homes aren't being built. They, they say we're ready, willing, but not able just now. Yep. And you can throw on top of that labor shortages, which has been an oh, yeah. ongoing story for the last couple of years, right? And so, you know, normally the solution to labor shortages is that you would expect to see wages skyrocket to try and address that shortage, right? To entice people to get off the couch and, and come to work or to work more hours than what they are. Uh, but at the same time, we're being told that we don't want wage inflation to become uh, a, a factor here because the Bank of Canada would have to increase interest rates mm -hmm. to try and rein that in from spilling over into output price inflation. So it, it, it's a real complicated exercise that the Bank of Canada is running here. Uh, fiscal policy could go some way towards helping the problem, uh, but even there, we see the federal government, provincial government here in Ontario is, is partly hamstrung as well, that they can't go to people when inflation has been near historical highs, at least in, in the near uh, past, and say that our solution is we're not going to be there to support you with spending. So, uh, you know, everybody's kind of at a loss right now with uh, is the Bank of Canada to do this all by themselves? And do they have just a blunt instrument that's supposed to be a one size fits all for all of the ills within the economy? So therein lies the conundrum in which we find ourselves these days. Uh, you know, the Bank of Canada policy seems to be working against inflation, seems to also be having an adverse effect on housing policy. Uh, and I will we could spend the next three hours talking about food prices, but, you know, that's also a factor in this situation. Here's the problem, though. Uh, the Bank of Canada works independently uh, from, from government. So government, and if they see this circumstance, usually steps in and says, wait a second, we can help you here. But they tend to overreact and spend way too much uh, more than they should in situations like that. Uh, so do we simply write off this current circumstance right now as collateral damage and, and, and hope that it's going to get better as, as interest rates, the inflation rate, or rather, uh, continues to drop? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that the current situation which we find ourselves probably last happened in the 1970s, right? Stagflation, where you have an economy that is struggling to find growth, while at the same time you have high inflation. And so, you know, 12 months ago, that was the, the situation in which we found ourselves. 
uh, monetary policy, fiscal policy are going to have a really difficult time with that. And and we've talked before that you know when you have supply chain issues, uh, wherever that bottleneck is coming from, no amount of government spending or interest rate changes are going to be able to help that. And so you know within the housing market, uh, you're saying home builders are having a problem on the supply side. Where we're talking about food prices, that's essentially a supply side issue. And so even here, the the government and, and the Bank of Canada are going to shrug and say. We can't fix that. That's just something that needs time to work its way through the economy. What we can affect is the demand side of the economy. And if we see that Canadians are spending too wildly, which they have been, then we're going to keep in- increasing interest rates till they get it through their heads. If firms are investing in wasted uh, fixed assets, then we're going to try and choke that off by making it really risky for them to borrow. And same thing for governments there that are a little too reckless with their spending. So uh, you know, I think at this point, there, there's a certain element where the Bank of Canada can say, we've more or less done all we can. And governments at this point, as long as they turn on, don't turn on the spigots, uh, they should be able to say, we've done all we can too. To that point, though, the timing of this is interesting. Uh, had this been April, May, et cetera, in other words, when the House was still sitting, I, I can imagine there'd be immense pressure on the government to do something about this, especially given the arrangement that the NDP and the Liberals have these days. Uh, but they've scattered. I mean, you know, it's their summer break, they're gone. I'd be very, very surprised if they decided to call everybody back to try to deal with a situation like this. So we probably, I would think, in, are in a holding pattern until at least, well, third week of September when these guys go back to work. Yeah, I, I had the good fortune of of seeing the prime minister speak live in Winnipeg uh, last month, and you know he was it was a town hall meeting, and he was taking questions from the audience, and a lot of them were saying, you know, what are you going to do to help with this problem, this problem, or that problem? And he kept saying, look, I understand that there are problems out there, and I understand that you're looking for the government to spend money, but you should also understand that if we spend money, it's going to cause inflation, and it's going to make your problems worse. So he did understand, and he was trying to communicate that to the audience. Uh, What he was saying was that the extent to which we can spend has to be very, very targeted and very, very precise uh, so that it's not just some overall blanket exercise. So in whatever way he could impose discipline within the House, and I guess that's a tall order when you're being propped up in a minority government, uh, he does understand that you can't come in with those things. So the, the summer recess for the House might actually be a blessing for him where he can say, thank goodness, I'm not going to have to deal with this pressure. And I can just say, we'll address it in September. Hopefully, inflation has come down a little bit further still. And at that point, then he can say, all right, uh, I, I don't want to hear from anybody uh, about any more need for spending to try and get you through the rough times. So how does Tiff Macklin respond to this? As you mentioned, uh, he he does have options here. I mean, if this had gone up even a, a, a titch, uh, he would have no choice but to, to raise rates again in, in July. Uh, but given the fact that, you know, as you say, maybe last time when it went up a bit was the blip, and now we're back down to the normal pattern that we seem to be developing here. Does he hold off until after Labor Day and, and you know, hope that we're just going to, you know, play ball the way he wants us to play ball? So I'll be the rare economist that uh, admits their mistakes. Uh, I thought that the (laughs) June increase that actually happened should have happened in July. So I got that wrong. Uh, So I'm going to say here that I think that the increase that people might be thinking is coming in a couple of weeks should actually take place in September. I I don't think that there's a huge issue if you push this just to, to the beginning of fall Um, you can increase it 25 basis points, but unless there's something that comes out in the next two weeks, that's like stunning, you know, the economy continues to overheat or, uh, that inflationary expectations are really becoming entrenched. I I don't see that there's a reason that you have to back to back hit Canadians 
uh, when the data suggests that inflation is coming down. And I've said all along that I don't think that they're going to hit their target to the beginning of 2024 anyway. So I'm not really sure what would be gained by doing it in July. He, he can wait six weeks. Uh, so I got a couple of minutes left. I just wonder if you could comment on something else. I've uh, had a rather robust discussion over the last couple of weeks on the show here with uh, homeowners and these people that are already have homes, but it's time to renew the mortgage sometime this year. And uh, they're not sleeping much at night, Moshe, as you might expect, because of what's going on with interest rates. Uh, do the banks necessarily have to keep up with what the Bank of Canada says? In other words, if Tip Ackland raises the rates, it just seems that form follows function. And, and within 48 hours, uh, the banks have jacked their rates up. It's, is that necessary? Is that law? Or are they just doing that because they can? Law, no. Necessary, mostly. Um, doing it because they can, absolutely. So, um, it, it's one of those, it's that old song, you know, the ankle bones connected to the shin bone, uh -huh. shin bone connected to the knee bone. So when the Bank of Canada increases their uh, overnight rate, that affects what's called the bank rate, which is uh, connected to the prime rate, and therefore all loan rates are connected to it. So uh, yeah, banks will move very quickly uh, because all interest rates move essentially in lockstep with each other. And that's one of those that's connected to the ankle bone. Uh, if they don't increase it, uh, then they are basically operating with a slightly smaller uh, margin to make profits. And I know that Canadians have no sympathy for banks making profits, uh, but for that, I would just say, then buy a mutual fund that has a broad portfolio of bank shares and tell me that you uh, find it objectionable. Um, banks will increase interest rates because they can. It boosts their profitability. And if anybody's worried about not getting any interest on their savings account, this does at least give them the capacity to offer a small amount of interest because they're increasing their interest rates on the lending side. Well, uh, we'll just have to wait and see how this pans out over the next little while. And uh, I, I guess I, I don't want to get into the mortgage rate thing right now. But, uh, shop around maybe may the best advice right now, because there may be a little flexibility there, depending on your learning inst or learning institution. Uh, always a pleasure. Enjoy London. It's a great city. I spent a lot of time there when my daughter was going to university there. So uh, we'll uh, talk again soon and see how Mr. Macklem uh, responds. Have a, if we don't talk to you again, have a great uh, Canada Day weekend, Moshe. Thank you very much. You too. And we'll uh, talk probably on the other side in July, I'm sure. You betcha. Moshe Lander is a senior economics lecturer at Concordia University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.